you know what I want to talk about tonight? I want to talk about uh, being your own best friend. Yeah, being your own best friend. And I wrote something about this in my book, Let Me Out by Cheryl Howitt, which is me, who, who, I am, who I am. And it's in chapter eight. If you want to get the book, um, you can go to letmeout.net. That's letmeout.net. And you can order my book, Let Me Out. Um, there's some great things in there. And it's really about growing in so many different areas and overcoming things. But I was thinking about, because, you know, out of the people I talk to sometime in my field, um, one thing that's important that I tell people is learning to not only love yourself, but be your own best friend and learn how to enjoy you and love you. Learn how to spend time alone and enjoy your own presence. You know, me, I'm like that. I love myself. I can crack myself. I can have the most fun. I'm free. When you're by yourself, you're free to be you. No judgment, no critical thoughts in the room or none of that stuff. And some of you need to know how to embrace you. And I think it's so important for your um, development. Even as an adult, you're still growing, you're still developing. But be your own best friend. So there are moments when you have to minister. And, you know, that's important too, to minister to yourself. Ministering helps to build you up. So don't only think of, yes, God's word is involved um, on some level, but you're building yourself up. So there are moments when I minister to myself. And you have to do the same and reason with yourself concerning the things that you are dealing with in your own life. Some of you may be uncomfortable talking to yourself, even though many of us do. I know for me, when I minister to myself, it helps me to apply some adaptive distancing and analyze whatever I'm going through from all angles. I'm analyzing. I'm looking at everything as a whole and why and how and when and what and all of that. That's just so important. For example, um, well, I just kind of really gave an example, so I'm not going to get into it. I don't, it's not that deep, but it's just that time you have to take to understand you, your thoughts, your feelings and all of that. So you, you're becoming really more acquainted with yourself. Actually, that's what you're doing. So anyway, most women, I'm talking to the women right now. Well, no, hold on one minute, because I was going to go into something that I kind of went through. And I think I'm going to save that for another another segment I'm going to discuss about it just dealing with get wanting to get revenge after you have been hurt and how many women would try to seek revenge and I basically go a little bit into my own story and what happened with my uh, my ex and something that happened and how I could have retaliated but again because I took that time to look at situation from all angles and I realized you know what he was like a prodigal son who was led astray and deceived by the enemy. And I was going to say that most women would have tried to seek revenge. But when you truly have the love, key word, of God in you, he won't allow you to retaliate. You know, you'll learn to persevere and endure the hardship because you're not doing it by yourself. God is with you. So instead of going to man, I went to the word of God for counseling. Because no matter what you do or say, you will be led right back to God's word. If you try to handle things in your own strength or by your own knowledge, you will fail. I'm telling you, you will fail. God's word should be the final authority. That's what it means to be rooted and grounded in the word of God and always abounding in his word. And I know it's hard. It's hard to separate your emotions from the word because your mind and your flesh, it really wants to lead you another way. 
but the Holy Spirit wants to lead us God's way. I don't know about you, but I want to be led by the Holy Spirit and not my flesh because we know the flesh can take us in all kinds of areas. And we wonder how in the world did I get here? <laughs> and it's, it, it is really a real tug of war, but it is part of life for every believer, for those who are believers. When nobody else is around, all you have is you and the Lord. So that's who I talk to is me and God. You know, I don't mean talking to yourself in a public place as you had an imaginary friend with you. OK, now that there's a little mental. You might need some extra help. <laughs> and that's not bad too much by itself, neither. But I'll get into that another time. But I'm talking about reasoning and thinking out loud. A good example is when I'm reading out loud. It really registers better, register better because I'm hearing whatever I read. It's like reinforcement theory teaches. You're reading out loud. It helps you to remember and it helps you to process and think about whatever that is. That thought is that feeling is and you're able to interpret it better. So the information that I'm receiving is reinforced and embedded in my mind. And me, I enjoy having moments alone to myself. Most nights I sit out. Well, I, a lot of times when my daughter was young, I used to sit up in my bed and talk to God along with studying. You know, when I was in school, after my daughter would fall asleep, those are like my best hours early in the morning or late at night. So I really developed this habit at an early age, except for when I'm studying, of course. Ooh. But I express to the father how I feel and when I'm and what I'm going through, even though he knows it already, I am releasing and having a cathartic session in his presence. Cathartic, catharsis, letting out emotions in his presence. That's a way to cleanse your mind and your spirit. That's a way to release. And then because you're in God's presence, he'll fill you back up. You'll feel the love and wisdom will come in. I have a relation with God and it feels so good not to have to hold in my feelings anymore like I did when I was young, young. I mean, like growing up as a child and a teenager and suppressing and holding stuff in till it just just about made me sick. <laughs> you know, because God knows me inside and outside. I can be myself with him again. There's that freedom. I can be myself with him. I understand myself more and more each day. Prayer also is having a conversation with God. I like to confess my sins to him, my faults, my needs, my desires, my what aches me, what pains me and tell him to reveal to me when I mess up and when I displease him. I'd rather have him reprove, chasten and rebuke me in a secret place. Come on, somebody, you know, a prayer instead of openly in front of other people where you embarrassed and, and you don't been found out and all that stuff. So it's just another way of being honest with yourself. Hey, that's that's the freedom we have. That's the liberty we have in God. That's where you hear there is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. There is none. And when you're honest and you give it to him, he, he'll free you up and you get to go. So many times in the Bible, when people were healed, Jesus said, go ahead and sin no more. Don't go back to that thing that caused you to be sick in the first place. So don't entangle yourself again with that same type of bondage, whatever that was you was involved in. I freed you from that. Go be free and stay free. Come on. So there is a clean feeling inside when you confess yourself to God. Truly, confession is good for the soul and honesty is the best policy. And then when we hear from heaven and God will hear us and forgive our sins and he'll heal our situation. 
People make prayer seem so deep all of the time. Yes, there are different kinds of prayer. And I frequently go to deep places like the threshing floor, so to speak. But I'm talking about being yourself. Do you shy away from public prayer? You know, because I ask that question because I know a lot of people who I have counseled over the years or I was kind of like a spiritual mentor to them. That was something that they battled with. They were scared of um, praying out loud because, again, they're walking around or they thinking that you have to pray a certain way to God and you have to say things in such a methodical way. And it's like, no, baby girl, no, Papa son. No, that's not how it is at all. You know, um, but so do you shy away from public prayer when someone asks you to pray out loud? That's a question I want to ask you when you talking to God, you should really come as him. Oh, come to him. I mean, as you are and not like somebody else. He wants your heart and soul, not a counterfeit or substitute. And if someone is in pain and they ask you to pray for them, all you have to do is pray that God will take away or cease the pain in the name of Jesus. It's really that simple. Some of you probably saying, why is she telling people how to pray such a simple prayer? Everyone knows how to pray. This is not so. My point is I have spoken to a lot of people, grown folks, including some friends of mine who are not confident about prayer, especially, you know, over the in the past, mostly in the past, about praying in front of people. And they are still overly concerned about what others people think of them. Ladies and gentlemen, this here is a stronghold. How can the Lord use you to pray for others while being in their presence if you are bound? The words that come out of your mouth may be exactly what some individual needs in order to get their breakthrough. Go behind the veil, which is the flesh of Christ. It is the flesh of Christ. That's what the veil represents. So you can enter into the presence of God. I love the closet. Let me tell you something about the closet, that the secret place. <laughs> when you hear go in your closet and pray. I love the closet, the secret place. That's the meeting room. That's the secret garden. That's the upper room, the place where we can be honest and free and express ourselves to the father. I love talking to Jesus and crying out to him. Let me tell you. And when I meet with him, I ask him, what can I do to improve my relationship with you? I want to know how can I serve you better? How can I serve you in private? When I'm out in public or in church or on my job, you know, so it's making yourself available to the father, making yourself available to God is what he desires anyway, so that he can use us and his will can be done in us. Jesus is showing me how to love myself each day and I'm getting more comfortable at being myself. Now, this is something I had. I really just wrote down in the past. I'm I'm, I'm more past this point now. Where, but I remember going through this whole process of learning and allowing him to, by having his love, it helped me to love myself more and more each day. But I really had, I didn't have that problem so much of not loving myself, but I did, of course, experience insecurities like a lot of women do, or some level of lower self-esteem and a little, and maybe a little bit of unworthiness, you know, growing up and everything. But anyway, so today, you know, I'm over the years, I've become a better preacher because I was less afraid to speak to God. And I and I was free enough to to say what God says, to speak his word. You know, I want to be like prophet Ezekiel when he saw the hand of uh, a hand open up a scroll to him. Um, 
and opened up a scroll to him. And it was a word of God. And the Lord commanded him to eat the roll, eat the whole roll. Now, Ezekiel had said it was in his mouth as sweet as honey. Then God told him to go speak to the house of Israel, which is a rebellious people. Don't you love it when, you know, you make time to study God. For those of you who have experienced, some of you have, and I'm really trying to encourage you to get into the deep things of God, get into the presence of God. But for those of you who have, when you study the word, it is deep. If you're not reading the word, I urge you to start reading the word. It will bless you. You ought to have some kind of response when you read the good book. I want to talk about arrested development, arrested development unleashed for a moment. It's wonderful spending time with God and finding yourself who you are and what you were made for. Then he shows you all of the stuff that he put inside of you. I experienced this myself and you glorify him. The word of God tells us to consecrate ourselves and sanctify ourselves so that God can purify our minds and hearts. Hebrews 9 and 13 says, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God. So purge your conscience from dead works to serve a living God. Cut off all those. This is how you purge yourself and cut off all those dead things. It's by the word of God. It's the time and presence with the father. So plus he's a living God. And he came to quicken you and give you life and give it to you more abundantly. So when we separate ourselves, we allow God's thoughts to become our thoughts. It's no longer about our desires, but our desires actually become his desires because he works in us the will and to do of his good pleasure. One of my favorite scriptures, I will quote it all the time. God, you work in me to do the you work in me, Father God, to do the will of your good pleasure. And first John four and 12 tells how God dwells in us and his love is perfected in us. Hereby know that we dwell in him, he in us, because he has given us his spirit. Now I'm able to express to a brother, <laughs> let me go there for a minute, what I want out of a marital relationship. So now, cause I'm in, I'm going to be discussing relationships between now and the month of November. So it starts with your relationship with God. And so that's why I'm now I'm going into the natural relationship as well as spiritual. So, but now I am able to express to a brother what I want out of a matter relationship, what I can bring to a marriage, what type of man God says I need and what type of woman I am. I am not ashamed or embarrassed to speak about my bad habits or pet peeves because we all have them. Again, this is the freedom and liberty that you have in Christ, that you understand that there's no one perfect who does everything right all the time. We are born in shape and iniquity. So that's false thinking if anyone thinks that. But there is a place of wholeness you can achieve by having a relationship with the father. So I'm not ashamed to talk about though. And when you're with the right person, you're free to be yourself anyway. And, and if they're free, then you create a whole atmosphere of, of honesty and openness and liberty. And then that's when you can grow. And that's when you can actually grow closer. Come on, somebody. So in other words, I'm being transparent. To me, it's no longer about impressions and wearing the mask to cover up the inner me. How would someone else know me when they can't even see into me. And when you decide to pop out later. This is what happened. If you decide to kind of suppress and hold who your true self is. 
But then later on, because you, you're going to come out sometime. And then you decide to pop out later and be yourself. The other person's going to be a little thrown off like, uh, who's that? <laughs> Who is this individual? And that's not fair to the person. It's not fair to them or yourself, really. After all that I've been through in the past three years, I feel that I have learned to love me, myself, and I even more. Because of the boost of self-esteem and confidence that I got in God, I want you to experience it. So I'm sharing it with you. You know, you get a stronger, solid, more spiritual marriage when you, again, learn how to build your, uh, build your, have your relationship with the Lord first. And then you know how to be that God will show you how to be that wife and how to be that mother and that healthy, loving, nurturing parent, that parent who's free and transparent and, 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 um, discipline in, in every area, all the areas of your life because of the spiritual wisdom you get from God. Aging and maturing in God has a lot to do with it as well because you have more inner strength and wisdom about life and, and your purpose. My level of self-esteem is great because God, I have God esteem. I'm more confident now and, you know, than I was in my past. I was discouraged about achieving a lot of things in the past, but now, oh, watch out now, because I think I can just do about, as the word says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthened me. I really believe that thing to the point when I'm like, if God, look, what you want me to do? You may help you build that building. I'm just, that's just where I am. I, I, I've come to that place and I really want others. My desire is that others come to that place where they have so much confidence. They have their God esteem that it's like, wow, I'm ready to take on the world. I'm ready to do what God has me to do. I, and you can see yourself doing it. That's the, 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 um, if you have any negative core beliefs, those beliefs are gone. Doubt is gone. You may have a healthy type of fear where that will propel you to do something, and, but it's not crippling where you stuck and you stuck in your feelings and, and you still have a sense of unworthiness and, and not me, God. And why me? And no, all of that is gone. Like I said, when you have a relationship with God, he frees you. He cast out all that because his perfect love does cast out all fear. But so I want somebody to experience that type of Ooh, um, healing and wholeness in God. So see whatever we do in a secret in secret with God, he he will reward us openly. But what if we behave badly or live in a bad way that is not pleasing to him in secret? Of course, nothing is hidden from God anyway. So you might as well just be honest and come before him naked. You know, just that this means being transparent and honest and saying, God, I need help in this area. I need you right now. You know, so I just want to encourage somebody today that it's important that you build a relation with God where you learn because of his love. You learn to love yourself. You learn to be your own best friend. And when you're your own best friend, you are a happier person to be around. And you know what? That's a magnet that draws other people toward you. Because it's like, wow, there's something. Let me tell you, let me, let me just be, little tra be transparent right now. Even when going back to like um, men and whatever, because I'm single now. I know I hear the recurring thing that I often hear from men is that they're attracted to my confidence or my um, the liberty that I have in God. I think that's the best way to put it. And, and I'm attracted to the same thing. I'm attracted to confident men, confident. They stay assured, you know, and they just I love that they're free and I can see. So I understand how that can be very attractive. And that's 
that really confirms a whole lot. I'm like, wow, just to be built up in God. And, you know, and even though I carried a certain level of confidence, even when I was young with this insecurities and everything, there was still a part of me who I loved me. Don't get me wrong. I always love myself. There might have been some things I didn't love about me or didn't like about me. And then you, you know, you're going through adolescence. You compare yourself to others and you don't realize that they have they feel the same way you do even worse. But you're just looking at how they're portraying themselves in the outside and their behavior. But, you know, you don't know what they battling with in, inside internally. But in, so we have a perception, but we really don't know the authentic person and what they really struggle with. So I always kind of had I had that to the point where I wouldn't tolerate foolishness. And I, I said, I would never allow anybody to abuse me emotionally and physically. And however, and there's so many other types of abuse that I love myself enough not to settle for anything like that. But I see how just becoming stronger and more confident, you know, that became that attract other people they attracted men and they like that. That's one trait that they see or attribute that they kind of pull on a lot is that, wow, you seem to be confident. I have my insecurities like anybody else, but I'm not an insecure person where I walk around always like my heart on my sleeve and oh boy. And no, that, you know, that's, and I told a man before I said, that's, that turns me off. <laughs> it really, it, it, it's, it's, I, I'm not attracted to that at all. And so that was like the major thing. So that didn't work out. But anyway, but you know, when again, as I, where I was going is that as you mature and grow and you love yourself, you become your own best friend when you dig yourself too. That's why I was going. I love me. You know, I love me. I just, you know, I think I'm one. I know I'm wonderful and fearfully made, but I'm, what I'm saying to you is that I know it. You know, you move from, you hear it, you receive it. That's what God's word says. That's what um, David said in his word when he talked about God and acknowledge how God made him a certain way and how God took out the time to make him wonderful and and all of that and fearfully taking this time and with care and with love when you embrace that for yourself I'm telling you it's like medicine you heal you're healed and it's like wow I love me too man you know and it's, it's not it have nothing to do with being conceited or anything or pride for anything like that. It's just acknowledging that you love yourself and you see the attributes you have and you love that too. Come on, let's not walk around with a false sense of uh, you got to please other people so you don't want to sound like you being. No, it's, there's nothing wrong with saying you love you. You love the way you think. You acknowledge some of the your abilities and your skills and your gifts and your talents that you have. That's okay. Conceit is when you walking around thinking you're better than everybody else or you looking down on other people and all that. That have a whole lot of other things that come along with that. But I mean, just learn it. And then you become your own best friend, learning to become your own best friend. That by itself is attractive. That attracts others because you your own best friend. When you look like I don't really need you in that sense to survive, like I'm going to be okay regardless. You know, people like that. Cause you're not like a leech or you're not needy and that's unattractive, you know? So got to have a balance with that as well. I'm not saying you don't need anybody, but you're not, you're not so codependent and all of those, you know, that, that, but anyway, I didn't even want this to be this long. I just wanted to talk a little bit about being your own, being your own best friend, loving yourself, building that relationship with God. And then you being in a better place where you can have healthy relationships with other people, family, friends, the, your loved one, your spouse or your uh, 
whoever you're courting or dating, whatever it is, you know, it's just so important. So again, this is dealing with self-improvement, just self-improvement. And that's it. Have a good evening. And I will come back to you again with another great message. And probably next week, I'm going to be talking about relationships all month of November. And so I want to cover a lot of areas of relationships, purpose for relationships and your core beliefs and how that affects your relationships. So if your core beliefs are negative, guess what? You're going to attract negative. Not only that, you're going to end up um, throwing a wrench in your relationships and become a person who self-sabotages things, but I'm not going to get into that right now. But anyway, talk to you again. Love you guys. Bye-bye.